We are back with another episode of Talking Cash. I'm Zach Hayes, and as always, I'm joined by Ryan Kirsten. Good morning, Ryan. Good motherfucking morning, everybody. Let's All talk right. some cash. So what's the topic today? Today we're talking about how much do we really earn because those numbers can be very deceiving. We all, we all like, everybody's like, how much do you make? And everybody's going off. Oh, well I make X amount of dollars per hour, or I make this on my salary. And in reality, when you break it down, those numbers ain't real. No, you're not. That's a, that's a paper number that you see on a, on a, on a statement in your tax return. It makes us feel good. Makes you feel good. But then you say, Oh man, what did I pay for this year? What do I have to show for this? Start chopping. Yeah. Start chopping because those numbers aren't real. Um, but let's just start with some of the numbers. So before we dive into some of the conversation, I, you know, this was really interesting to me because um, how does it really break down? You know, the, according, to, um, according to Google, uh, the average U.S. salary <laughs> is about $47,000 per year based on a 40-hour work week, which basically if you break that down, works out to be about $22 and 59 cents an hour. Um, that'd be based on 2080 hours worked per year. I don't know about you, but do you know any salaried employees that are working 40 hours a week, just putting in that bare minimum? No, I, I mean, I don't. And my personal experience doesn't dictate that either. No, I, I mean, I know I definitely don't. And, and as a business owner, you're, you're expecting your hours to be higher, but for the average workhorse, I mean, I don't think that 40 hours is, um, is appropriate. So we did a little more digging. Um, you can find out how much people really do work because the average salaried worker actually claims to work about 49 hours per week with half of salaried workers claiming to work more than 50 hours per week. And, and that I, I agree with a hundred percent. That would I mean, sounds like a pretty solid average. Yeah. I experienced that to the T. At my, when I worked for the big company, were you about nine hours more a week? On, I'd on say what they 50, were, 50 hours, 50 a week hours was, was standard was spot on. If you work 40 hours a week, the other people like the salaried worker, the salespeople, the managers are like, okay, yeah, come on, come on, Rook. Yeah. Yeah. Come you got to step up. You got to yeah, step up. You're, this, we're not going to get work done like this. There is still a, um, uh, they call it like the, 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 the church of, of work basically. Like we take pride in the fact that we're putting in 50, 60 hours a week. Um, because we're honing our craft. We're getting good at what we do. And we see that as kind of the only fast track to get ahead within right. a company. But those nine hours a week, those really add up. Because if you think about it, if you break that down uh, over the course of a year, that's about 10 extra weeks of work per year if you're adding that up. So based that, on the 40-hour work week. Based on the 40-hour work yeah. week. So that's going to drastically affect your bottom line because now at 49 hours a week, that drops you down to 1844 an hour for the average hourly earning for somebody on salary. So that's that extra nine weeks just just drastically reduced your How much money hourly you value uh, by 20%. So now you're devaluing what you're worth by putting in that overtime work. And you're hoping that you're going to get some bonuses along the way and stuff like that. But it's is it worth it? I mean, just looking at those numbers, because I mean- very, you know, very seldom do we actually break it down like that. Well, yeah. And I, I think, you know, there's two people, there's two like schools of thought. There's the people, like I grew up in a very blue collar family. You worked uh, for a job. You worked, you, you, your, your discussions were around how many hours a week do you work? 
like right now, my brothers both work in union guys. They talk about uh, their work weeks in hours. I'm working four tens. We're sure, looking, yeah. We're, yeah. Looking, we're working, we're working uh, five sixteens. That's five days. Each day they're working 16 hours. Long okay? days. Long days. And then when they work those, there's association with the, like overtime uh, or See, they double get, time. And, and, and those are, and those are, those, and I think a lot of the times too, that is, that's one of those things where the, everybody always thought that a salary was desirable, but I think a lot of the times salaries built in just to keep people down and not have to pay them that extra money. Well, see, my experience is the salary is a little low, but you're working that whole year or you're working quarterly for a bonus or semi-annually for a bonus. And that bonus is where those extra hours start to pay off. Yeah. Um, but they don't it, always come. No, and they, in depending on that structure, that bonus structure, what what the requirements are, it might not be completely set on your execution. You might Just have to rely on somebody else. You, you're you're working with that team mentality a lot of the times. And if yeah. if the if the company had a bad year, even sometimes if your department did did good, you're not necessarily guaranteed anything, and you're relying now on these these uh, these corporations to take your personal ingenuity and your personal efforts into account when they're handing out these bonuses. And that's not guaranteed, but I think we always, you know, it's kind of like the old adage, like the company's going to take care of you. Yeah. You know, we know that's not true anymore. I think we've, (laughs) sorry, excuse me. I think we've realized that that's not going to happen anymore, but even in these little instances, you know, sometimes, you know, it's kind of like the old, uh, remember the Christmas vacation movie, when Clark is expecting his bonus and he thinks he's going to get, he's going to build the pool and it's all leading up to this, all leading up to this. And then what does he get? The jelly of the month club. That's, (laughs) and then he is, that, that is like the, the epitome of the, the worker who's just like the worker. Yeah. He goes, he takes his boss hostage, brings him over to the house. It's just a fiasco from there. But you know, that's how I think a lot of people feel. Oh, I, I, they get swag has turned into the the uh, the trade off for a bonus and and it's just uh, it's sometimes never coming. Well, too like um, when you're working on those uh, big big companies, like usually you're working in some subdivision type uh, structure. Like I have, you have a, a, a superior a boss and he has a boss, and maybe you guys are kind of isolated from other units and that answer to the bigger corporation. You might have a really good relationship with that, you know, your direct report, right, um, or your direct boss, but. I mean, he's not the one who makes the final determination where that money goes. Like, yeah, you know, Ryan or, or Zach put that extra, you know, couple hours in, and he was the reason we got to this point. It might not be completely up to him to compensate you sure. what you maybe think you you deserved or what they feel like they can they can get you. You kind of feel like they have more pull than they actually do, and then and at don't. the end of the day, their higher right. ups don't even know who you are. Yeah. So for me, when these in these big companies. You know, there's other companies. I've talked to the, these guys who are consultants. They graduate from Ivy League schools over on the east side, and they go work for these consultants that do all this work for big firms, investments, and things like this. These guys work till 2 in the morning. I mean, they don't work like your standard blue-collar worker where they think, okay, I get to work, I punch in at 7, I leave at 5. Right. I, they, they, they don't live that life. Sure. They start work later. They go in till 2 a.m. They go out, they have a couple drinks, they, and they go back in. You know, they might start at 10, might right. start at 11. It's a later start. It's a later start, but they're working into the night, and they don't have, like, okay, the job's done when the job's done. Like, there's 
Like we're working 24 hours. Yeah. You know? Around the clock. I mean, it's like, right. like Elon Musk with his cot in his, in his office and just sleeps where he works. And that's all well and good when, you know, it's just, um, just you that you have to worry about. I mean, but yeah. we're coming from a, a background where family is important and you know, you- we all have, we all have kids, we all have wives and we're supporting a family. And, you know, I, I think more so now than ever, you know, there's an emphasis on what, what, um, you know, how, how you have to co-parent as two people instead of just, just one. So you can't just lock yourself down at the office sometimes. No, you can't. I mean, it's not good for, there's a whole, I mean, there's a bunch of studies on why that's not good for you mentally, physically. Right. And also there's an effect on the family, what you're saying. Yeah. I we mean, get that, into a trap almost. Yeah. That, that can lead to, you know, you breaking ties with your, your wife, you guys splitting up because she doesn't, she didn't marry you know, she just, wants a partner. Yeah, she she's doesn't. A partner she's not. She's not just looking for uh, somebody to to come in and uh, you know yeah, drop think, off a paycheck and and, no. and never be seen or heard from again. Right. I think that might be okay. Some like some people are okay with that. That probably was okay a couple generations ago. When yeah. People are moving. So what we kind of grew up on. I mean, right. it's it's it, but but it's turned into something very different because and that's because you know, both parents have had to go into the workforce. I mean, we're, I don't, I don't know the exact numbers on this, but I mean, when has there ever been this? I don't know anybody whose wife does not work in some way, shape or form. And I don't know anybody whose husband does not work in any way, shape or form. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't happen. I, I I agree. I I do. I do know somebody that has a wife that doesn't have like a full-time job, but she helps out these other businesses. She does something, but I mean, there's, it's very rare people can have a comfortable life without both parents working. Right. And and we, well, we talked about this even before we started recording Mm -hmm. there, there are people we know who's, you know, they're they're, Um, I've got a friend whose wife actually uh, works at Starbucks, not because she needs a Starbucks paycheck, that Starbucks cash. It's because they offer healthcare benefits and he owns his own small business and they use that healthcare for their family. And that offsets so much of what would have been incurred on an expense level, because let's talk about the cost. Let's talk about the cost of, uh, of what it really breaks down for working even it's because, because we can't go to work without associated costs. You know, even though everyone's situation is different in some way, shape or form, you have to factor in the following, the cost of fuel to get to and from work, the cost of childcare to leave the kitties behind. That's a big one for us right now. Huge. Um, the student loan payments that facilitated you to get that salary job in the first place. And don't forget uncle Sam, the government's coming by and they're going to take about $8,000 a year in taxes on the earnings from your, uh, from that $50,000 a year salary, which automatically bumps down your real average income to about $15 an hour on a $50,000 a year salary. Oh man. Now, you I don't start, know about. Hold on, you started at twenty two dollars an hour <laughs> to eighteen. Now we're down to fifteen. We're and and all of a sudden that is, you're like, wait a second, that's like what they're fighting for in fast food, right? You know what I mean? Right. That's at fifteen dollar an hour minimum wage, and and yeah, you're the the difference with a lot of that is I always say you're being allowed to work forty dollars forty forty hours a week. I can pay somebody fifteen dollars an hour, but they might only be able to. I might only be able to give them fifteen to twenty hours a week. Are they working full time at McDonald's or are they just, you know, maybe work getting 25, 30 hours a week? So still not enough to get you to that $50,000 a year salary if you worked every day, because a lot of that is part time work. It's not full time. But I mean, for us, I mean, we're paying, we're paying 
about, what are we paying? We're paying about $24,000 a year in childcare. And we can only write off the first 5,000 of that for tax purposes. So we're in a situation where we're paying a, a, a huge portion of our salary just to let somebody watch the kids. This is without factoring in, you know, you know, that $15 an hour, we didn't take out another, you know, 19 on top of that for childcare. Start taking those numbers away. And now where are you at? Yeah. Start to, how much do we spend on fuel just to get to and from work? I mean, my wife's got a fuel efficient car, but she's driving almost an hour to each, work every day. Each way. Each yeah. way. Yeah. Hour there, hour back. And these, these are costs that add up. And at the end of the day, because I think that's where Ryan and I, when we wanted to talk about this topic, it's like, we're talking about how, how we want people to save creatively or start their own, um, you know, start their own side business or, or look at, or money, look differently. at money differently. But we're, we're looking at this and we're, we're seeing that it's just, uh, it's for some people, it's just so unattainable to even say, you want me to save 20% of my paycheck? Are you kidding me? There's nothing left I there. I can't, yeah. guys. Yeah. How do living, I do it? People are living paycheck to paycheck. Well, and that's kind of like what Dave Ramsey does. You know, Dave Ramsey's like, start here. Where, where are you at? You got, you got your mortgage. All right. You got this, this credit card. You're paying that off first. You, you, got, a, you got a mortgage. How much do you owe on your house? 200000 You got two thirty in equity. Pull that thirty grand out. Sell your house and go move in with mom and dad. And now you use that thirty grand to pay off your bills. That seems like a, you know, that's kind of that situation where that's how you kind of get ahead. You have to make these moves that are not necessarily comfortable moves to make. Nobody wants to move constantly. And just because you can make 30 grand off your house doesn't mean it's the right time to sell or the right time to get out. But, um, I guess it's better than being upside down on your house, but either way, when people are trying to get ahead, these numbers just take a huge gut punch and it makes you feel like, what the hell am I supposed to do? Well, I think too, um, we are more susceptible to these like marketing and advertising. We need these things, like we need these amenities in life, like iPhones, shoes, a new car. When you don't, and those have an impact on it, obviously. Gucci house, handbags. Gucci handbags, yeah. <laughs> those have an impact on how we're spending money. Um, you know, so there's there's other factors in there and how to get ahead. I, I think a lot of those people just need to really take a look in the mirror and understand, okay, what do I really need to get through? There's people out there doing that right now. You know, there there's is. There's some pretty uh frugal people, but they, they can't get ahead. It's because <laughs> You look at the, the I, costs you yeah. just laid out. You, you didn't even get into okay, You're right? Yeah, you got to go. pay your mortgage. You got a you got a car. You got insurance in Michigan. We're the highest car insurance in the state. You would know. Yeah, as I a know. State this. Farm agent. Yeah, healthcare, uh, utilities, groceries. If you have a couple kids, I mean, Jeepers, you got to pay. This gotta, this changes the game. You did know, I just say Jeepers. I you did, did say Jeepers. Holy cow! I got three young kids. Holy cow, Batman! Yeah. But yeah, how are you supposed to get ahead on 15 bucks an hour? You can't. That's the answer. And and that's the problem because yeah, you know, there's a lot of people who are going to sit sit back and they're going to say, "Well, well guys, I'm making 75 grand a year." 50 you're you're using these numbers that I can't understand. I'm making I'm making 75 grand a year. Dude, you ain't in that. I'm in I'm I'm 75 grand a year and I got no kids. I got no wife. Yeah. I got no, but still, yeah. we're still breaking this down and you're, you're still going to have major expenses. And I, I, I really have this feeling that, you know, 
by your mid-20s, if you haven't started to save and haven't started to put money away and done things responsibly... um, it's you gonna are, be a tough road. You are you are so far behind. I'm gonna give you guys a perfect example right now. I was watching a documentary on Vice the other day. Vice is a news source. Um, they were doing it was an older documentary, and it was on YouTube that I found it. And it was about the bros of the fracking industry. Now, let's go back about five years to when the fracking industry was really just being, you know, it was brought to the forefront. People were talking about it and these guys could go, it's kind of like oil where they're drilling for oil, but they're using a different process to get it out of the ground. But these guys were making 200, 250 grand a year. And the guy was blowing every single dime of it. You know what I mean? He, he thought this job was going to exist forever. And then, you know, so people in the comment section were like, you know, this guy's got, he didn't even save 10% of his money and he's out, you know, he's, he's, he could potentially work for five years, be done. And then, you know, just invest wisely for the rest of his life and be okay. Now they go, okay, he lost his job in 2017. He's now on LinkedIn and he's currently enrolled in school to further his education because I guarantee you this guy lost it all. And he thought this wave, he even said, where do you see yourself in 10 years? He goes, I'm going to be with this company for the rest of my life. Yeah. They treat me good. I love my boss. I couldn't ask for a better company. Like Making but money. things dry up. I mean, yeah. guys, when they talk about the future of work, they tell you 60% of the jobs that we're going to see in 20 years do not exist today. So how are you going to be valuable in 20 years from now? And if you're, if you're only 25 years old, that only puts you at 45 you still got you still got half of your work life to go at that point. A perfect example of this is since we're in Michigan, the auto worker, you know, the United uh, Auto Workers Union strike that just uh, were you going to get into the strike? Well, not not necessarily that, but I mean, it it was around here. What the adage was: okay, get out of high school, go work for an auto company as soon as possible. The big get, three, get online because it's a good salary. Um, there's benefits, there's retirement, a pension. Yep. Okay. All you these. have some, you have some ability, especially if you're white collar, you can work your way up too. You yeah. could be with them potentially start at, start at 50, work your way up to 75 and eventually get that $125,000 yeah. a year I've salary. I've met people who've been working there since 18, yeah. you know, and they're still working there or just re- retired or whatever. But, um, that was, that, that doesn't happen now. What you, I think you looked it up before we started the average, uh, millennial. millennial will have 12 different employers. Yeah. We were talking, we're like, what is it? Like the average is like four to six jobs over the course of a career. That's like, what I had thought. Nope. Millennials 12. 12. Yeah. So when I was, when I got into, uh, my first job, big company, they said, oh yeah, n- n- people don't stay at jobs anymore. You know, they, they, they jump. He so said, they know people, the likelihood of you, they're talking to me, staying with us forever is not good. It's They know it's you're slim. expendable and they know not just, not just because that they max out on the, they max out with you, you max out with them. There's only so far you can go to make it, uh, really, uh, the career you want if you had to be with them forever. It's very rare that somebody who's a top exec is going to bail out. And at that point, they're probably hiring somebody from outside of the company to come in. You're not getting you because you, you know how, you know how the shit is made. You, you know how, you know how things uh, happen at the bottom, right? You know, so there, there's this whole situation where you're never going to get to that position and millennials sniff this out like nobody's business. I saw these surveys that were talking about, um, you know, what does the average, uh, the, you know, uh, millennials 
agreeing with socialism and being for socialism has gone up like 10% since 2018. And I said, it's not because, it's not because, um, you know, it's not a sad fact that um, millennials have seen this increase. It's not that. It's the, the sad fact is that they see it as their only way out. It's because yeah. we've got such a broken system that's not helping them out. You're talking, you know, you're talking when we're talking all this breakdowns, the breakdown of the numbers, 15 bucks an hour uh, for a $50,000 a year salary, your average worker could not make it long term, even if they work 24 hours a day, seven days a week. 24 hours a day for a year would still only get you about 131 grand a year after taxes, which, which you and I hear that. And these aren't, you know, that's something we know that with three or four kids, that number for take-home pay is still scary. You still don't know how you're going to save for three or four colleges. You still don't know how you're going to keep the roof over the head, pay for two kids driving, three kids driving plus insurance. You know, I had a, I had a buddy who, we mentioned last time on the podcast to Ryan, you know him well, our friend, Mike Murray. Yep. We had a conversation and this was about probably 10 years ago. He goes, man, if I could just make a hundred grand a year, I'd be set. He goes, I would, you don't need more than that. You don't need any more than that. I said, Mike, start making a hundred grand a year and then come talk to me and you will feel completely different. He goes, you're crazy. A hundred grand a year, if you if you save it right and you do what you need to do, you budget properly, you will never have to worry about anything. I said, Mike, go make a hundred grand a year and come talk to me. Was and this- sure enough, he started making that kind of money and he came back to me. He said, Man, you were right. I couldn't imagine making a hundred grand again. Like that, that is I that I feel like I was poor. And it seems so like insensitive to talk about money that way and to say a hundred grand a year makes you feel like you're poor, but God damn, does it make you feel poor? It's, I, it's the truth. I mean, let's say we're, we're all about being real on this show and talking about cash. A hundred grand a year ain't going to get you very far. Well, I was going to say, is it before he had kids or after he had kids? Because that's a huge impact. This too. was even before he had kids that he was coming to the realization that that was not that much money. Yeah, I, I remember coming out of school, my first job, I think I made 55000 which I thought was awesome. But... I realized at the end of the year, I'm like, oh, I wasn't able to keep up on my student loan payments. It was hard making rent payments. It was hard, you know. I had to buy. You still putting a lot on credit cards at that point. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, uh, it was tough. So I'm like, okay, fifty five thousand coming out of college is not that good. Um, But they're not even getting that now. No, you were making better money back then. That was what, like two thousand nine. Yeah, the next year, I think I or a year after, I moved into a sales role where I made less. I made forty something. But you got a company car with that. Unfortunately, there were some benefits that came along. Unfortunately, personal decisions didn't make that didn't make that any easier. But what I was going to say with this, um, um, the the auto worker too, um, or or jobs right now that seem to be really just like your fracking guy. Okay, and when I worked at a big company, had hourly workers. And there was times where, um, time of the year where we had lots of hours, they were working overtime. So they knew what, if they worked so, so many hours during the week, they could get so much overtime on Saturday and double time on Sunday. They played this game. Well, I found out like you're look, looking at these guys, what happens after a couple of those weeks, they collect a couple of those paychecks. Oh, I just bought a new boat. 
Oh, I'm, uh, I'm going on a hunting thing. People spend money so stupidly. Don't, don't get me started on that, Ryan. Or I, mean, I financed a uh, side-by-side. I mean, they weren't that hot, but at the time I, I was... But it's still probably a $10,000 purchase. Right. I mean, or I seven to ten. bass boat or, uh, you know, um, I'm, I'm thinking about buying a new four-wheeler. I, I don't know, just stuff like that. And they, toys. They, uh, to- toys. Toys. Expensive toys. So guess what? What are, what are toys for? They're for fun. kids. Uh, They're for that's kids. Good that's a good point. I that, said for fun. It, it's, a, it's a childlike mentality to what that is. Oh, what, that's a good point. That, that is not going to make you any money no, I, long I just, term. It just, uh, especially if you finance or you, you pay cash. I mean, we talked about this when we are talking about the insurance. I'm all for thing. anybody going and getting what they want if they're paying cash. Go right. for it. But you're not, like, you need to think about, like, uh, the best advice I heard was, okay, these guys are you, because I was hourly at the time. It's like, you need to work off that. Live off that 40-hour week. And I think over that, you need to put that away. Put that away. Yeah, you know, Because right. you don't know what next year is going to be like. You don't know what six months from now is going to look like. Work could dry up. Work There's could dry no up. guarantees that this company, you know, even if we have the best salespeople, we have the best customers, that outside factors are going to cause that work to dry up, just like your fracking guy. Something like something like the uh, uh, the you know, the trade wars and the, or 2008 when the, 2008. the market fell out the, we, we've I mean, been in, getting, in Detroit, in Detroit, the, the, we had a lot of work with the auto companies. Well, that dried up. We had to lay, lay people off. Yeah. People were going down to lower work, uh, less hours a, uh, a week to work. And they weren't prepared for that. No. Nobody that, you know, that those, those figures where they talk about, you know, I just, you know, the, there, there were these economists who, they were saying that the average worker should only need about twenty five hundred bucks in savings in order to um, for like their rainy day funds should something go wrong. My response to that is, you I don't care what the numbers tell you or what these economic figures say. As a real live person, twenty five hundred bucks barely gets the average person through half of the month. Yeah, I mean we had a. And you want to dig yourself out of that hole? I don't. No. I always said. My, my, my adage or my, uh, mantra for survival was always, if I want to have enough put away so that I don't have to work for three years, should it come down to that? I hope it never does. But if something, something detrimental happens to where I can't do anything, I need three years to get back on my feet and I'm not going to be the flashy guy. Never was Mm -hmm. my biggest purchase in my life. Aside from my house was my, my scout. (laughs) <laughs> my international scout that sits in my garage collecting dust because I just don't have the time to do it yeah. uh, or it's to mess toy. with it. That's it's a toy. toy. It, it yeah. is a toy, but I paid for it outright. Yeah. I mean, I didn't finance it. So right. that's not a childlike uh, purchase. It's when it's when you're buying these toys and I you go out on the water in Michigan because we have that's we're surrounded by water. The amount of people with fancy boats who can't afford to pay for them yeah. is mind-boggling. Boats are more like these boats you see, uh, pontoon boats. I'm like, ah, that sounds like something I'd want. We have, we have a family. I looked at the pricing on some of those. Like the, They're $100,000. I know. You know, I know. Seventy dollars to $100,000 for a nice pontoon boat. It's like, whoa, we'll whoa, see. whoa, back up. You know, That's what I said. Putting that out for a couple of years. I, I, I throw those numbers out there and, you know, I look at it and I, I, I made that comment to my wife before about a, a friend of ours. We were out on the water uh, and they had a boat and I was like, what do you think this boat costs? And, and I said about, I said 75 grand and my, that like literally my wife laughed at me. She's like, they would never spend that kind of money. This boat costs like 20 grand. I said, uh, you are crazy. 20 grand for this boat. I mean, this is like a, this is like a, a mini house on water. 
And I think it's because we just don't think that the average person is going to put that kind of money up to do that. But finance, finance, finance. And if it's cheap money, I guess that's one thing. I have no problem if you're paying 3%, 4% interest uh, on it. But anything above uh, five and a half that, is that's crazy. That's just that inv- investment individually. You're isolating that. But if they're, you're having issues, you know, you're not saving any money. Why, why would you finance a boat? Why would you? But people do this. I know. Like, and then they're like, oh, I can't make my insurance payment. Oh, I can't make my, uh, my, my boat payment. Oh, the, the hot water heater blew on the, on the house or the dishwasher. But they just put a new $20,000 pole barn up on the property. And, yeah. you know, that was. And, and that's going to, like, that, that, that dishwasher, that appliance is going to hurt them that month. Okay, listen, you, you, you finance something over there that's worth $50,000. You shouldn't let this cripple you. You're not thinking about money properly. You're not thinking about your future properly. That's because nobody's out there talking cash like you and me are. <laughs> I mean, that's the bottom line. I mean, that's, that's, that's why we're doing this because we see the flaws in the system. We see the fact that, you know, nobody's sitting down and saying and really figuring out the math on this. Like, do the math. You know, we're sitting here talking cash and focusing on how people can get ahead by finding by finding creative ways to save, invest, and open new income streams. But for these people, like, that's a fairy tale. And rightfully so. Why aren't we more concerned about the real numbers that for what we earn? Our real hourly take-home pay. Let's get real about talking some cash here. I think it's because when you really hear the numbers, it bruises our fragile egos. No, I, I, I think so too. You know, Our employers know this. So what do they do? They incentivize, incentivize, incentivize because it's cheaper than paying us more money an hour. Right. So, oh, look at that. Bo- like I talked about the bonus at the end of yeah. the year. You work your ass off for the bonus. So look at the bonus structure. It's like, okay, I have three factors in here that I have no control over. Well, this, you know, the delivery on, pro- on I'm not the, I'm not the factory. I can't deliver products. I no. don't have any control over that. Oh, the, this type of sales. Well, that's not me. I'm not that salesperson or the, the service guys who have to execute the work. It's like, listen, I, I don't have any control over those things. And now my bonus is weighted on these guys. What if they're slackers? That's scary. You know, what if I'm out there hustling and they're not pulling their weight? Well, I have to, I'm affected by that. I can't get them off their ass to go, go work and execute the level I'm doing. Have you ever, have you ever been in the situation though, where it's the, it's the kind of department head who's controlling how the bonuses are dispersed? I've never been in that situation now because I've, I've seen situations where it's like, okay, here you go. You got five grand, 10 grand for your team. You know, you, you know, your team better than we do. You disperse it how you think it should be dispersed. And if, 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 if it's me personally, I I'm sorry, but I'm trying to get ahead. I'm going to, I'm going to take as much for myself as I can. You know what I mean? And that, and that's, that's just our, our mentality. And I think people, you know, we get in this situation where it's, do good, do good, do good. Like let's let's be as as dem, uh, you know diplomatic about this as possible. But at the end of the day, you know you got to look out for number one. I mean that's the truth of the matter. I mean those those are the situations where even 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 for for my uh, one guy told me before he was giving me advice. He goes always make sure you pay yourself first. Yeah, I've got that advice too. But I I, I mean it's such a it's such a a hard harsh statement to make because these are the people that make you money too. Mm-hmm. And that but that's why you're seeing these people who don't stick around long term, you know? Why would they, you know? But but these things like healthcare, bonuses, vacations, commissions, pensions, 
and, and the swag and, and yeah. gifts that we talked about in the in the past and other parks. I mean, we did not factor vacation time into our numbers previously, just FYI. We didn't factor that in. Uh, obviously, different companies have different rules for for how much vacation time they get. You know, there's always going to be some some hooky Those days and, yeah. and some uh, some personal mental health days. But you know, my biggest thing is that that pension and retirement contributions because if you're if you're solely relying on your company to take care of you when you have to retire you should really rethink your strategy. There is so much evidence of that out there in the last 10 years, how big companies failed to meet their promise, deliver on their promise to take care of that worker, the the promise that they signed up for when they started working for that company. GE is a perfect example. We used that last week, I think. Yeah, they lost their life insurance. They lost their pensions. They lost uh, all those benefits, health care. Um, you know, GM workers who thought they retired and had this this type of benefit package, it it uh, it um, it reduces over time. So as they get older, there's less there, less than what they thought. And and, and I don't think people go to great length to explain this to people when they start working and they're in their 30s, 20s, 30s, and then they retire in their 60s. They're going to remember that. No, it's on that person to figure that out. But people, if you don't think about that, you're not going to know those details. It's going to harm you down the road. So. I mean, hey, how do we, uh, how, if you're in these situation, you're, you're listening to this right now and you're like, oh man, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I'm one of these people. You know, I thought I was doing well, but then I'm realizing the, the numbers I'm breaking down, I'm still living pay to, paycheck to paycheck and I don't see it getting better anytime soon. You know, maybe I get a, a dollar raise next year. Okay, that's maybe the cost of living. Maybe, maybe I have to go look at it, look for right. another job long-term. Like how can I, I'm jumping around, maybe I have to move you know, people like to set roots in places, you know, and these, the jumping around from job to job doesn't really allow you to do that, does it? No, I mean, you also, some employers look at that like you're a hired gun. Like, I'm going to bring this person in here and like, they're just going to leave me too, you know, so it can be a negative and a positive. But so what, what advice do we have for these people that, that, that they're thinking, okay, I need to get better. I need to figure myself out. Enter the side hustle. <laughs> there is, there's this little term that has come to light in the last I'd say the last five years or so, the side hustle. There's people podcasting about it. There is, there are, you know, with the with the ease of access to tech and information, there there is just a a nonstop uh, discussion about the side hustle. And I, I mean, I'm I'm all for this. When I got into business originally. I was always about being an entrepreneur. It was never going to be one one and done as far as business goes. I like to diversify a little bit because the same way companies say incentivize, I say diversify because that is the way to survive in today's times. But the side hustle is probably the best solution that we have because the one thing millennials have going for them, and I say this as an older millennial is the ability to understand technology and the internet better than the people who are paying the big bucks for it. And leverage that. Leveraging that. Yeah, absolutely, Ryan. It's one of those things where you have the the entire world at your fingertips. Nobody, nobody before in any time has had access to so many people and a lower cost of entry that if you are not sitting back and saying, how do I, how do I, create a new stream of income 
through a side hustle, you are hurting yourself. And I think this is going to be, I think that's just going to be a natural progression as time goes on that schools will teach about this. How do you, how do you, how do you hone your, what you're good at, what your uh, skill set is and what you're passionate about because that's even that's where this podcast even came from. It's like this is a bit of a side hustle. We know we these are things we know. These are things we've experienced, and we have the ability to put it together and package it together very nicely for you folks, and and put it out there. But it's a side hustle, no doubt. It's outside of what we normally do. Yeah, and it, the side hustle goes back to people. Ultimately, people who have um, a good work ethic, who work hard, who put the hours in after 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 five o'clock. Those people are going to be much farther ahead. Now, going back to what we said previously, if you're putting those hours in because you're loyal to whatever you're doing now and it's not getting you ahead, you got to realize that and make make a transition. You got to understand what you're doing. Um, some of the hardest per- people, hardest working people I know, they go to work. You know, oh, let's use a farmer as an example. Go Farmers what, go, go to work. What you know, got the nine to five, and they come back and do the farming. There's a lot of people like that out there. You know, the, not the big commercial farmers, the guys who work a full time job and they come home and do farming after after hours. Um, or uh, electricians, um, carpenters, they have a side hustle. They go do their nine to five, work for the big company. They come back and they Doing do side, side jobs, job. yep. right? And that's how you get ahead, right? And that they—that's that. There's all sorts of advantages for them, and then they figure that out, and they're leveraging their knowledge, their skill to make some extra money. Um, some of that money can be tax free. Well, yeah, if you if you play if you play your cards right, and that's that's the other thing when you it's say not that legal, it's not legal. Well, when you say that, I, I'm thinking even this this job, you know, my my screen printing business. When we first started talking about this with my former partner, we said, you know. Let's let's set this up. Let's go out there. Uh, we can go to school. We can get our salary jobs, get the benefits, keep all that, and then we'll do this on the side. This was meant to be a side gig, you know, and then it turned into something bigger. So millennials these days and people who are who are out there, they don't want to be working for somebody else. They want to do what they are passionate about, and they need a lot less to live off of because that is um, that's just what their mindset is, and that's what employers need to recognize, you know? Yeah, I think there's uh, definitely post 2008 or and getting into the millennials now and job jobs now, it's like, you know, people don't want to work 50 hours a week for a company that they, they don't have any passion for, they don't have any love for. I mean, there's this new type of need, this new type of want that millennials want to be part of, a movement. That's why the tech industry was so took off, you know, there's shows about, yeah. there's so, there's so much, um, uh, you know, uh, buzz about that because listen, I want to change the most famous things. How are you going to change the world? How's your app? How's your technology going to change the world? That's what their goal is. It's like, Oh my God. That's you know, a to big me, undertaking. When I was 20, I'm like, I just want to make some money so I can right. pay my bills. You know, once again, that's my low form of thinking, you know, I, I've looked at the bad since then, but these people are thinking these big ideas and they might work. 70 hours, 80 hours a week from a small little computer in their basement. And that might be getting the job done because they're leveraging technology. They're finding these opportunities. They're, they're finding a way to, to make that money or make a living off of what they're passionate about. So if, you know, that, that might not, that might, a side hustle might turn into their main source of income because yeah. it's what they want to do that's, and they're making money and they're the, making a uh, living. the dream right there. But I think there's people sitting back right now saying, but Zach and Ryan, I just don't have time for a side hustle. Oh, bullshit. 
That's what I say. You're sitting, you're sitting there, you're, you're watching TV, you're playing your fantasy football, or you're going out to the bar with your friends on the weekend or weekdays. If you were anything like Ryan and I here, so don't act like you don't have time. Oh yeah. Other guys like, Oh, I was playing, I was playing video games. with My buddies online. What world of Warcraft or, you know, yeah, call of duty, you know, Fortnite. Or yeah, no. Fortnite, whatever it is. I don't do that kind of stuff. That's not my thing. And that's probably why I've gotten ahead. So, so quickly in life, but, uh, it might be the only way for the average worker to get ahead and build some financial momentum, but you got to do what you got to do to get ahead. And it's better to do it on your terms as opposed to your employer's terms. So if you feel like you need a head start, if you feel like you need some advice on how to get ahead in the next episode of Talking Cash, we're going to talk about some of our own personal side hustles and how you can start and develop one of your own. It's really not that hard. And if you focus on what you really enjoy, it's not going to feel like a side hustle. My buddy Mike and I, we say we don't have hobbies. We just find other ways to make money. That's our <laughs> hobby. Do what you love and we will find a way for to you make to make money, money off it. it. Trust me. Great. Any closing words on that, Ryan? Do you have anything to add to the conversation? No, I'm just looking forward to next week because, uh, you know, there's all these different side hustles. It's, it's about money. There's other, I mean, I'm going to talk about the different currencies that people are not used to. It's money, personal connections, um, uh, favors. Those things have leverage too. You know, Absolutely. I look at that just like, just look at like somebody looks at money, like the extra money, because that gets, that has, gives, gives you a, a continuity to kind of move your life down the, down the road or better yourself too. So looking forward to it. This is what we like talking about. And as always, you can follow us on Twitter at we talking cash. Um, we will continue to bring you these episodes and guys engage with us. We're putting out a lot of articles. Um, we're seeing the following go up on Twitter. Uh, but we want to know what questions you guys might have as well. We will be happy to give you advice. Remember, we are not experts. We are just people who have been there, done that, and we will sit back and we will talk cash with you all day long. All right. Have a good day. Make that money. Till next time. 